So I think the advice you just gave out is phenomenal. When you walk into a church, how can I help right. is a great posture to walk in with. Welcome to the Eyes on Jesus podcast with Drew and Tim, two pastors discussing practical details about life, leadership, parenting, and being more centered around Jesus first. The goal of this show is to help you keep your eyes on Jesus through the busyness of life and clutter of your schedules. Now, join us for the conversation. Hey, welcome to the Eyes on Jesus podcast with Drew and Tim. Tim, how are you? Whoop, whoop. Good. Glad to be here with you as always. Excited whoop, for our whoop. conversation. Like this is you like a two-parter excited. kind of, but not really. That's right. And <laughs> the, the two-parter is we want to talk through... Uh, how do we pick a church? Like there's so many people right now that are either not going to church because during the whole COVID thing, they started going online or they're just like, they're just not in the habit of it. And we've kind of made that okay in some ways in this culture. And so part one is going to be, how do we pick a church? What does that look like? Not just personally, but also biblically. And then Part two, the follow-up episode is going to be, all right, we've picked a church, but now how do we know when's the best time to maybe move away from that church? As we know, churches are, we we say it's an organism, right? It's constantly moving, it's flowing. And while uh, we are always pointing towards Jesus, sometimes the way that we try to proclaim that turns into different styles, different ways, different um, ideas. And sometimes that leads us to a good place. And sometimes that leads us to a bad one. So the next episode will be, how do we know when it's a good time to leave? But today let's talk about how to pick a church. And and I know for me, Tim, it goes so much deeper than just, well, you know, I'm a pastor or I'm a worship guy. You know, I just, this is my job. This is where I want to work. It goes so much deeper than that. And it has to talk to our listeners a little bit about some things that they should be thinking through, whether they work in ministry or they don't, whether they're Christian or they're not, what are some things that they should be thinking through when deciding what church to go visit and attend? Yeah. I would say right off the bat, don't tune this out if you already have a church, because this is some important things to think about. Number one, if you even if you think you made the right decision, you're going to be there for 10 years, That that's awesome. And uh, I think both of us think that too, but you never know. You just never know. I, w- I was in a right. church once that within two weeks, completely shut its doors because of some internal strife and wow. uh, completely out of our control. This was like the first church that uh, my wife and I were at after we were married. So you ultimately never know. And right. the other side of it is that church shopping is very annoying. <laughs> church shopping is no fun. I've been there and I try to look with some mercy and pity upon people that come to my church for the first time, because I know the stress of it. I know the stress of feeling yeah. like you wasted a Sunday when immediately when you walk in the church, you're just not, you, you know, you just know, right? Like there was but one think church about all the first time guest gifts you're going to get and all the t-shirts and <laughs> all the and mugs stuff. and all the cool pens and stickers that and have the name cars. of churches that you don't go to. <laughs> you don't go to, but you're going to promote us, aren't you please? <laughs> so I, I remember like there was one church we went to and I knew from like the first song, this wasn't it. And I was, right. I was less mature. I would like to say, uh, I mean, it's not even up for debate. I was less mature in my late twenties when this happened, but at the same time, I knew from the first song, which was, it was like this super fun song. Like it's all about love, all about love, all about love. And that was it. That was the whole song. And I knew that we're not coming back to this church. 
And so, by no. yeah. So anyway, I, I get the the fact that you know church shopping is no fun, but ultimately where we want to start this conversation is the fact that you need to be a church. You need to be yes. in a church community. And so yes. that's why we want to help you is how do you pick quote, knowing that there's no right church, there's no perfect church because the moment you start showing up, it no longer becomes a perfect church because we're all imperfect people. And so if you're looking mm-hmm. for a perfect church, you're going to be looking forever. And so how do you find the right balance between what you want and your personal right. preferences and your desires, which many times are fleshly and just from what you know and how you grew up versus right. where God's actually leading you, where can you get plugged in to use your gifts? And for the the season that you're in, where you might need to be, even if it doesn't check off all the boxes in your mind of what you're looking for in a church, how can you uh, compromise in some things in order for the greater mission, the greater vision that's at play? And I would say just from when I've church shopped before, you know, there is a lot of times when you can get frustrated, you can just not want to try anymore. You've, you've, like I said before, you feel like you've wasted Sundays by doing this because- You know, you you go and immediately you don't know, or maybe you give it two, three weeks and something happens and you have to go back to the drawing board again. So first of all, church is important, but I think what's f- great now is that you can do research ahead of time where in the past you may not have been able to, where right. sermons wouldn't have been online before. Many churches didn't have websites in the past. So a lot of that can be anticipated off the bat when you look at a church's mission statement, when you look at their statement of faith. Um, when you actually watch some sermons ahead of time or attend a live stream, uh, you can kind of prevent some of those questions where previously you would have to show up to get the answers to. Yeah, that's really good. And as you're looking through the website, as you're looking through uh, the the preacher and his sermons, as you're looking through all the things on social media, are there any are there any like red flags? Are there any green flags? Like, what am I? What am I really trying to find out here? And I think, you know, it's such a general question because it really greatly depends on where you are in your journey of faith. Yeah. I know, I know for me, one of the things that's important to recognize is what, what stage are you in right now? Like how disciplined are you? We even talked about this on a previous episode that the church we go to should really align with how disciplined our life is. So if, we're not a Christian and we really don't like know the Bible. And not only that, but like really don't even know and understand the fullness of this whole Jesus thing. Then I find it hard to say, oh, well, then you really need to be concerned about doctrine and all these things. Cause you, I'm, I'm just speaking Christianese at this point. I don't know that you really understand what I'm saying. So, so if you're, if you just like have no place to start, might want to, Ask someone you know who maybe is living a way that's different from you or at least has gotten your attention and go, hey, where where do you go to church? Could I go to church with you sometime? That's I feel like that's always a good place to start is if someone around you is living the way you want to live and they go to church somewhere. Then, then I think that's a good question and a healthy way to to start the process. And then at least you already know somebody. You've got some built in accountability. You've right. got somebody that you can ask questions to. So that's always good. However, if you are like aware of Jesus, who he is, what he more or less brings to the table, and you're trying to figure out, all right, in my life, 
where does that align? What do I need to do with that information? I'm curious, Tim, what are, what are some things that you're like, all right, you definitely want to look at this because if this is green, go. And if this is red, you need to get away from this as fast as possible. Yeah. And when you were talking about friends real quick, you know, uh, that is a big part of, of why you go to church is you already have some established community there. You have friends mm-hmm. or relatives that go there. And there was a recent study that I had shared with our pastors at my church is how are people influenced to attend church? Zero to 3% were initiated by the pastor or church staff. Yeah. And then just really low numbers for small group activities, church programs, benevolence, special services. The biggest number, 75 to 90% were because of friends, relatives, or work associates of why you come 100%. to church. 100%. Yep. And so if you're listening to this and you have a church, realize that people won't come to your church unless they're invited most of the time. And yep. you, that if everybody brings one person, your, your church will double. And it doesn't happen because people don't invite people. The invitation- Wait, you mean people aren't going to come because of my sermon title? <laughs> no, the sermon series. <laughs> We've got this new series coming up. I'm super excited about it. Yeah, that doesn't work. <laughs> no, no. And that so so back to the, the point of what will draw right. people in is yep. based on maturity, of course. And some people will only pick based on their denomination, which is sure. not necessarily a bad thing. It's what they know. And right. so that makes the the search often easier because there might only be one Lutheran church, one Presbyterian church, one Baptist sure. church in a community. And so that's it. You're stuck. Once you go non-denominational, it gets a little trickier because there's a lot of flavors and there's a lot of definitely non-denominational churches that lean different ways. And so you- yeah, It's Baskin Robbins up in there. <laughs> you don't necessarily know what you're going to get. And I help people with, so we have like text service that comes through where people respond to ads online and I get them for like a 50 mile radius. And so it's like felt needs, you know, going through depression, going through divorce, going through stuff. And so I try to um, connect them with a counselor or resources. And most of the time, the people that come through won't come to our church because they're just too far away. And so one of the questions I always ask is, are you connected with the church community? Nine times out of 10, the answer is no. And these are people that are dealing with these horrible things, and yet they're not connected. And many times what I've found is that it's that they don't even know where to start in their own mind. Like there was this one the other day that I had helped and it was a city, you know, 60 miles away. And so I was like, you know, have you looked for churches? And she's like, well, I'm Baptist. I haven't really found a church. I did a simple Google search and I sent her three churches next to her that were Baptist that she could attend. They're all Baptist and they're all by you. Go. Go, just just pick one. And so sometimes it's like almost, I don't know if it's too many options, if it's just not knowing where to start. It's sometimes just being scared of entering a new environment. I mean, church. let's be honest, like we're pastors, churches are scary. especially incredibly scary. Especially if you're not a Christian or have been a Christian a a short amount of time, you don't know what you're going to walk into. I mean, are they going to be handling snakes? Are they going to be doing crazy stuff that I've seen uh, on TikTok reels? Like, I don't know what I'm walking into. And so we have to be aware of that, especially as ministry leaders. We have to make that attempt as easy as possible. And I don't say easy, like they don't have to do any work. I'm just saying like to walk through the doors, there has to be some level that we Mm -hmm. make it as this is what you're going to get at our service. This is where you go. This is how you dress. This is what to expect so that when they walk in, they're not blindsided by these crazy things. And you've shared stories on here before of people that have just been confronted with crazy expectations. And when you come into church and the hospitality team. Yep. And so that that comes down to it as well. And so I think once you go past the denominational issue, you have to look at what the church, not only what they believe, but also what is their mission and vision? 
So, so what yep. have you seen with like the mission and vision? Because most missions are are somewhat similar, mm-hmm. but how does that actually play into what the church is actually doing, and not just like a nice tagline to put on their walls? Yeah, I mean, I would start with can you can you remember it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, is it biblical? Can you remember it? I mean, I was talking to somebody at lunch about this the other day. I love our vision statement and mission statement at the church that I currently pastor. I love it. I should love it, right? I should love it. I love it. Here's what I know though. It's not very good. Like I love it. Yeah. You get (laughs) it. I'm just being honest. I'm just being honest with myself. It's not very good. And the reason I know it's not very good is because if I were to walk around to our key volunteers and say, what's the vision at our church? They go, uh, mm -mm, nope, that can't be the answer. It can't yeah. start with, uh, it can't go, let me remember. It can't be that. Yeah. So, uh, and just for those that are curious, the vision of our church is to fearlessly embrace the mission, right? And then what is the mission? Well, we connect with Christ, we develop disciples and we move, right? Mm-hmm. We go and baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We move, we go. And, um, and it's actionable and it's cool. And it's all about like being on the offense, you know, but if people don't remember it, it really doesn't matter. So that'll change at some point. But I think you've got to recognize, does the vision statement, does the mission statement align biblically with what you feel like it should align with? And you're going to find that in Matthew. And then you also need to ask yourself, like, does this fit not just your personality, but what you believe a church should be about? So some of the greatest vision statements I know that I still remember to this day. Of course, I used to work at Hope Community Church, okay? And uh, the the vision was uh, love people where they are and encourage them to grow in their relationship with Jesus Christ. Okay, so love people where they are. So that tells you immediately everything you need to know about the church. You can walk in and be any way you want. And guess what we're going to do? We're going to love you right where you are, but we love you too much to have you stay there. So we're going to encourage you to grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Wow. Sign me up. That's incredible. Yeah. Not only is that biblical, not only is that lived out through Jesus and the disciples, but that's exactly what the church should be living out. Then you have like Elevation Church, which is see what God can do through you. And it lets you know immediately, see what God can do through you. This is about empowering you. Man, I'm going to have to serve. That's an expectation. Yeah. I'm going to have to be involved. So you have one that's like, we love you right where you are. And so I can just kind of maybe be a little more consumer, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. We have another one that's like, yeah, we love you where you are, but we're here to see what God can do through you. Like we're going to call you to something greater. And yeah. I don't know what personality type you might be, and that might excite you, that might not. But I think you need to recognize, all right, is this vision statement, mission statement, is it biblical, number one? Uh, n- number two, does it align with the season that I'm in, right? Because, yeah. hey- if you just got done with a church where you were like an elder and you served and you're exhausted, I'm not sure that see what God can do through you is like the place for you. Yeah. Not saying that you might not want to get there someday, but it sounds like you might need a season where people are like really feeding you and you're regaining your confidence uh, and comfort in Christ. Right. So, You've got to ask yourself what what season you're in, what kind of personality type you are. So yeah, I would start yeah. there. Also, just some, you know, just some red flags when you're looking at churches, like how do you decide and all that stuff. Every every church wants to speak to culture, 
And that's very important. A church should address culture. Be careful, though, that the church isn't culture. Right. Yeah, it's an important distinction. Yeah, it's an important distinction. So to me, like green flag, if the pastor is able to get up on stage and talk about something that you saw on your social media feed this past week, like I think that's that's strong. Mm -hmm. Okay. Careful, though, if that's all the pastor talks about. Yeah. Careful, though. If everything the pastor's like wearing, talking about, doing is all culture, also be wary of how much culture has infiltrated the church as opposed to the church infiltrating the culture. Yeah, that's right. Um, And that's something I've been convicted of recently. I mean, legitimately recently. I used to be the guy that every Sunday I wore a t-shirt ripped jeans, tennis shoes. I always wear tennis shoes because I don't want my feet to hurt, but (laughs) ripped jeans and a necklace. And like, I had this look, it was my look. Yeah. And I realized after a while, like, all right, bro, I'm, I'm 37 years old (laughs) and I'm kind of in the words of Jordan Peterson, I'm kind of dressing like a glorified toddler at this point. (laughs) Like I'm dressing right now the same way I did in middle school, the same way I did in high school. I'm 37 and I'm getting up on stage and telling a group of people, some some like business professionals and some twice my age, that I want to teach them the word of God. So I've kind of sh- shaken it up a little bit. There's still some Sundays where I'm I'm t-shirt, but I don't wear ripped jeans anymore. No Yeezys? And I've been... No Yeezys. Okay. And I've been I've been rocking some blazers from time to time yeah. and trying to dress it up a little bit and trying to, you know, act my age a little bit. And and so that's something that the more I've done that, I'm like, yeah, what? Like you can find out a lot about what a church is focused on and really the dynamic that they're and who they're trying to be and act like by what they wear. I mean, it is just a surface level thing, but <laughs> it amazes me how some people pick churches based on how it makes them feel. And so sometimes they will yes. pick churches based on what, how everyone else looks because then they feel like they're in a cool club and maybe they never were in a cool club in high school. And so now there's now's my chance to start to feel cool. And so uh, I'm going to be in these cliques. I'm going to be in these, you know, cultural statements of oh, yeah. uh, clothing or personality or just good looks or I'm going to go know. to the biggest church with a celebrity pastor. Right. That makes you feel better about yourself immediately if you're just superficially looking at it because, oh, I'm part of a movement. I'm part of something that is, I want to go where this guy's going. And so we have to be careful on how we pick a church for that too. And I've even heard people that say they want to pick a church based on, you know, we want it to be a celebration on Sunday. We want, basically what they're saying is they want to feel good about themselves. They don't want to be, yeah. they don't, don't talk about my sin. We want just, you're awesome. You're amazing. Nothing but grace, nothing but hope. Exactly. And so, yep. Don't pick a church based on that. It needs to be balanced. We need to know both love, grace, truth, all that stuff. And yep. be careful of the, like you said, the cultural connotations. You know, a big thing this summer I saw was uh, shared on social media was the At The, at the Movies uh, series. You know, there's yep. one church where the pastor dressed up as Woody and his wife dressed up as Bo Peep. And that got shared yep. all over the place, regardless of what you think about it. I don't even know if it was a good series. I'm just saying that the way that looks says that come to us, we're cool and hip. And you know, that cartoon that you liked, like, yeah, you can identify with that because 
we're dressed up as that. Right. And so, man, I don't, and our church used to do at the movies a long time ago. We, we stopped yep. that a long time ago. Thanks like, Life Church for starting that whole thing. Yeah. You know, it, it's one of those things like, is that where you're at as, as a Christian right now? Are you one year into your walk and you need something a little more? And we talked about this in just the gospels uh, uh, episode where yeah, we did. maybe you're at a point where you need more of the milk, maybe more of the gospel message weekly, maybe more of the, Hey, this is the very basics, right? But once you start growing in your faith, is the church providing that for you? Where even if the right. Sunday message isn't that deep, like, can you still get connected with a small group? Can you lead something? Can you use your gifts so that you're still getting meat? That's what the Paul, that's what Paul talked to the Corinthians about is you're still dining on milk when you should be at the right. meat level. And so right. you can't have 500 people at the same level in a church or however many, it's impossible. So you're going to have all different levels of milk and meat and different stages of life and things like that. And so when you go to a church, first of all, it's not about you. It's really not. It's, it's about not? Jesus. It's about, oh. it's about the other person next to you. It's about yep. how we can be the light to those around us and how we can serve and use our gifts. And so that's ultimately what gets people hung up on, I think, when they pick a church, is that it's about yep. my comfort. It's about how how warm the building is, how cold it is, how, what level of coffee they serve, You know, if they yep. have a full coffee bar or not, the mm -hmm. types of worship that they play. But at the same time, like these are personal preferences. Everyone has an opinion about worship, correct? I mean, you've done Everyone. worship for a long time. You you a know this time. this field. And so when I look at people's playlists, they're not going to look the same as far as worship music goes. So how do right. we unite under worship, for example, when oftentimes that's a sticking point in how people choose a church? What How do we look at worship as a part of a church body versus wanting to just leave because they didn't play the song we wanted? It's a great question. And you're right. This is, you know, we had worship wars back in like, what was that? 2018, where it was all the, every church was like, we're going to start doing Hillsong and this and that and all that. Like every church, like even your mama and daddy and your granddaddy's church. Yeah. Right. And then there was this whole like, no, we have to do hymns. And then it was like, well, what if we did a contemporary service and a traditional service, you know, and yeah. really wage war among our people? <laughs> it's like the worst idea anyone could ever come up with. It always comes back to the why. I mean, why, why are we worshiping? Right. Yeah. And like you just said, when you recognize, oh, it's, it's not so that I can get goosebumps. Mm -hmm. and chills and feel some kind of way it's because oh i'm i'm actually putting my worries on hold and i'm directing my attention and my posture and my voice and my body towards heaven and then in that i'm partnering with the voices in the throne room yeah singing worthy is the lamb yeah. So then I start understanding that, you know what? It doesn't matter if I'm singing blessed assurance or if I'm singing more to come or if I'm singing the latest Brandon Lake song, yep. like it doesn't matter because it's more about where I'm postured. So worship isn't about you, but it is about you directing your worship to someone. Yeah. So we don't make worship special who we worship makes worship special so if you can't get that 
then in my mind, it's not going to matter what's going on on stage. Yeah. And you'll be, like you said, just drinking milk and you'll just be needing a feeling. The problem with feelings is then you'll go through your week. You'll base the presence of God and the authority of Christ in your life based on your feelings. That's right. And I can't stand that, you know, this whole concept of like, well, I just, I don't feel, I don't feel like God is walking with me. Well, what does scripture say? Well, I haven't read scripture. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Well, I don't feel, I don't feel like, you know, I don't feel like I'm a Christian. Okay. what, what, What does scripture say? Are we really digging into it or is it just, oh, I've just learned. That if it's a good song and on Sundays, I really feel the presence of God. But Monday through Saturday, unless I'm playing that exact song in my car and everything's just right, I don't feel the presence of God. Like what has to go right in your life in order for you to acknowledge Jesus? Right. And if you've got this long list of things that has to go right, man, you're you're in a difficult spot. So as you're picking a church and you're going through worship and you're going through the the list of things, like check yourself before you check the church. Yeah. Right. I think that's a, you know, I didn't have that in my notes, but that's <laughs> something that I, I think I would really encourage our listeners to do even before you walk into a church, maybe check yourself before you're like judging everything that's going on. Um, and, and this is coming from a guy that used to be the guy that judged everything. Yeah. Me too. Like 100%, right? Like yep. I walked into a church. I'll never forget walking into a church when I was 24 and the pastor wore sandals during the message. <laughs> like Jesus. And he wore this like Jesus, right? <laughs> and then uh, and then he wore this shirt that was like from Buckle. It had like all this like stuff on it. It was like a $130 shirt. Yeah. And it had all this like stuff on it, all these designs on it. And I'm like, what a loser this guy is, right? <laughs> like, and so I didn't hear a word that he said that Sunday because no. I couldn't get over the fact that this guy was some kind of loser in my mind. Right. That's the same church that a year and a half later gave me an opportunity to work there and serve <laughs> there. So that that loser was my pastor and yeah. is greatly responsible for a lot of things that went well in my life. So yeah. uh, I think we've got to be careful. We got to check ourselves before we start, you know, checking the church. Yeah. I have shared before too, that I was that same judgmental person, you know, looking at all the things they're doing wrong and not actually receiving from God for myself for the service that I was at, you know, and Mm -hmm. that's what happens when you have a religious spirit is you look at a 45 minute sermon, you pick out the one thing he said wrong and you miss the entire message, the entire point, the entire take home, the entire thing you can change because that religious spirit looks at comfort. It looks at, it looks judgmentally at others. And Mm -hmm. That is a big part of the church. And I, I'm convinced the reason the religious spirit is so active today is because we don't have the persecution that we that the early church had. That's we great. have the comfort, we have the my way, or we have the church on every corner. We have the, yeah. you know, have it your way church. And if I don't like it, I'll go to the church down the street and right. do nothing about it. And we have that shifting so much in churches today where, oh, we grew by a hundred people. Well, you might've just taken 95 of those people from the church down the street because of whatever's right. happening. They're not totally. actually new converts. That's that's what's right. happened a lot too, is people are leaving the church. And so when churches are growing, it's actually because churches are closing or there's conflict and they moved on. We're not actually evangelizing. 
And, yeah. and that's a big part of the church is getting outside the four walls, empowering the people that when you're at work, when you're at your, your community, when you're in your families, preach the gospel to them. Yeah. Be the love that they will not see when they enter through the, the front doors. Um, and, and so many people glamorize the early church. And I think that the early church had a lot of good things going for. One of the things is that they grew in the midst of persecution where, yep. you know, uh, some persecution comes like how many churches in America would close down immediately. We oh, saw yeah. that in 2020. We saw that with COVID. Yeah, absolutely. But the early church was pooled all their resources together, gave selflessly to the community, brought in the, the rejected that were thrown outside the walls, uh, started care ministries, yep. did the work. It wasn't just about coming on Sunday and and feeling good about themselves. Like, no, it was a it was a 24-hour, seven-day-a-week church life. There was yep. no distinction between who I am on Sunday and who I am on a Thursday morning, right? And so if we're going to look at the early church and look at what to take from it is that you cannot compartmentalize your life. Whereas I'm this on Sunday, I'm this when the church, when the pastor's around, I look real good when the right. pastor's around versus going out and, and finding those, those lost and hurting and dying and broken and bringing them in. Now the early church was not perfect. We see that in Paul's letters. There was so much, uh, immediately the, the schemes problems. of men started to come up and they started taking the glory for themselves or preaching heresy or living in sin. And so obviously there's no, there's even the early church was not perfect, but it lived with authority, the power of the Holy spirit, and it lived with a mission. And when we just do church as a checkoff to our week, like I got my hour and I'm good. Then we're missing so much versus what God is actually calling you to do with the gifts and abilities he's given you since the creation of the world. He's given you gifts to use, not just in the church, but out when you're out and about. The other part of that too is that I would say if there's ministry leaders listening or pastors, you know, so we do this thing now called plan a visit, which I've seen on multiple websites where, you know, people yep. can actually go to your website, plan a visit, come ahead of time, but to actually celebrate when they do show up. Because to I usually send people like a video, like a, a text video of like, hey, this yep. is this is me. This is where you can get a free gift. This is where you uh, where the bathrooms are. So before they even come in the building, they feel comfortable enough to do that. Or they can come take a tour of the building like during the week uh, when no one's really there and feel comfortable with the with the building. And, and so we have to at some point meet people where they're at because brand new Christians, like I said before, aren't going to just randomly show up to the to church unless either they're invited right. or unless the Holy Spirit's prompting them to. Right. I try to put myself in that mindset of someone brand new. Like if I was going to go to uh, you know, uh, a mosque, right? Or if I was going to go to some yeah. other religion that I'd have no concept of really what it's like to sure. be in that service, sure. it would be very intimidating to walk through those doors. And so just because like I've been in church my whole life, we can't lose the sight of the fact that we need to do the most we can. Now, the other part of that is once they're in, once they're a member of the church or once they've served for a while, then how do we push them forward? That's a different episode. But for just choosing a church, I would say, look at what it's not just what they say, but what they do, like the openness of, of the pastors and the staff, how you feel welcomed. Like those are all important aspects because if you don't feel welcome or if you feel judged the moment you get there, if the yep. pastor's not open to talk to you, or if they get ushered off immediately after service and they're not shaking hands and, you know, shaking babies and mm -hmm. kissing hands or whatever you want to say, uh, then uh, there's, <laughs> there's a, there's a problem. So anyway, that was a lot of stuff, but thoughts on that? No, I think it's great. And how many times do they say excited? That's always a big one for me. Mm -hmm. How many things can you be excited about? 
That's my favorite thing. Because right now, every church is excited about Sunday, excited yeah. about this new thing, excited about an event, excited about you joining them, excited yeah. for what God's doing. We're just excited around here. And it's like, yeah, okay. You might want to <laughs> find a different word. We've we've been saying excited for since like 2013. So we <laughs> I'm excited yeah. too, but let's let's get a synonym in there. Let's figure this out. Okay. <laughs> because uh, it, it really has become that. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's it's really become it's really become such a thing now. It's all about join us and how excited we are. But yeah, but real talk, I, I think. I want to make sure our listeners understand this is something, first of all, we're really like, if you're listening to this and you're like, you know, Hey, whether this has been helpful to you or not, if you're, if you're at the point where you're trying to decide on a church, like we we're proud of you. That's a really great thing. And what we want you to do is honestly, the goal is that you would wrestle with this, right? That you would not just say, well, this church is close to me, you know? And not just, well, this church is where my parents have always gone, that you would really wrestle because what we believe is that God has equipped you and gifted you in a specific way. And that gift can be utilized best in a collective body of Christ, which is a church, in the church, in the body. And you showing up to the place that God is calling you to, the place that you're connected with, the place that uh, can equip you to live out that gift. And you may be listening to this going, well, I don't even know what my gift is and I don't even know. Great. So you're already on the right track. Now you're now you're wrestling with which one of these churches is going to help me figure that out yeah. because you, you are gifted. God has given you a gift. God has given you uh, something that you can do better than some other people. And you need to be at a place that can discover that, help you discover that, and then point you in the right direction to live that out. And what that ultimately leads to is not just you being at your best, but a church being at its best. Yeah. And there's nothing better. I mean, you'll agree with this. There's there's nothing better than a unified church at its best. There's okay. nothing better than that. It's, man, it's such a special thing. So I want to encourage you, as you're listening to this podcast and you're trying to figure out what's the best place for you to be, recognize that this is like a serious decision because a lot of things can flow in the right direction based on this decision, not just for you, but imagine the impact you could have because of connecting with the right people and putting Jesus in the center of that conversation. I would say too, don't elevate your gifting beyond the current need, meaning that- Meaning that we often look at the spiritual gifts test and we're like, oh yeah, these are my top two, three. That's what I'm going to do. And yet there's an opening in the kids ministry and there's an opening at the cafe and there's an opening to stand at the door. And he's like, well, uh, you know, being an usher wasn't on my spiritual gifts test. What can you do now? Yeah. I just had somebody leave the church over this actually. Really? I Yeah. I had somebody that their gift was to be a worship leader, keyword leader. Mm. but their spiritual gift was not to be on the worship team. (laughs) Okay. Try to figure that one out. So try to figure that one out. So God was (laughs) calling them to be a worship leader. Now you would, you might ask yourself who would be best equipped to know if someone's ready to lead worship, who could guide someone to lead worship, who could teach them how to do that. I don't know, maybe somebody that for a decade did that kind of thing in some of the largest churches in the world. But what we discovered is that I wasn't the guy and 
while they were being called to be a worship leader, they were not being called to be in process. Mm -hmm. They were not being called to learn. They were not being called to be coachable and they were not being called to be on the worship team, only the worship leader. So that's exactly what you're talking about. If you've got some grand calling on your life, which, hey, hey, I'm with you. I right now, I know, I know what God is calling me to. And guess what? It's not where I'm at right now. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying place. I'm not saying like, it's not this church. I'm saying the, what God has in front of me is so much greater than what I'm currently living in. How, how long are you willing to walk in process? Mm, Moses good. was willing to do it for 40 years. Yeah. What if it's 40 years? Can you handle that? Or is it just, nah, I need it right now. I need, I need God's blessing right now. I need God's promise right now. And so I think the advice you just gave out is phenomenal. When you walk into a church, how can I help? Right. Is a great posture to walk in with. Love it. We have a couple, you know, pastors at our church now that uh, don't have a church and they're just serving. They're, they don't come in with like, Oh, I've done this, this, and this. I need this. You know, it's just like, how can I help? And uh, they're there the are, best. There are some that There's come in some and do that. There, honestly, there are some that come in and and expect a whole bunch of stuff. But if you can come in humbly and just be used in the church where you're at, and that goes back to like right. when you pick a church, what are they focused on, and how can you be a part of it? Not just how can they serve you and make you feel comfortable. And so, like when I look at the church I'm at at LifePoint, I've been there 12 years. And I started because my wife went to a mom's group and then said, hey, why don't we check out this church? And I'm like, "Ah, I don't know. Right. And fast forward 12 years, I've been on the elder board. I've led small groups. I've done all this stuff. And now I've been a pastor two and a half years, none of which Mm -hmm. I went in expecting any of that to happen. It's because I said yes to the open doors God put in front of me out of my comfort zone, out of even what I thought my (laughs) skills and abilities were. Yep. And God's like, oh, if you can be humble, if you can grow, if you can just say yes to the small things, I'll take yep. you further instead of being stuck at that decision where God's like, I already gave you a choice and you said no to it. And now you want something beyond that? Uh, good luck. And so anyway, let us know if you have looked at, you know, if you've selected a church, how did you come about that? We'd love to hear your stories on that. And what do yeah. you look for when you do look at a church? If you were without a church today, what would you look for? You know, maybe you've learned through the years and maybe um, if you had a fresh start, you'd you'd pick something a little different. And that leads us up to next episode is stupid reasons to leave a church and when you actually should. <laughs> so super excited wait. for that episode. Please join us next week. And until then, go with God, grow in discernment and keep your eyes on Jesus. Thanks for joining us on the Eyes on Jesus podcast with Drew and Tim. Don't forget to hit subscribe. If this episode blessed you, please share it with a friend. Check out the show notes for more ways to connect with the hosts of the show.